So, as we mentioned last night, Mr. Shem, Sunday morning, the Navi Shia will take place at the same time at 4 to 9, which is usually 10 to 9 a.m., after the first Shacharis, before the second Shacharis at 9.30, will take place at the Shul. Uh, for all of you out there who can't make it, we will, Mitzvah Shem, still be on Kaloshan and Zoom. So please use the link. We try to send the links periodically, but they'll still be available, the old one with the Marmachemis. So that's Sunday morning and Monday night. Hopefully the Shear will be in the Shul as well at the same time. 10 to 9 p.m. So you're invited, but if you can't make it uh, due to corona or the fact that you're out of the tchum, then please Zoom. If we um, notice a whole bunch of recorders on the desk and nobody there, we'll start finding out where everybody is. So uh, certainly be good to whoever we can see in person, and maybe I'll have a few less on the screen. I'll be able to see them as well. So that'll be for next week. And we hope to have this year, I apologize to people only on Zoom, this Shabbos afternoon, or the people who have too far a walk, uh, which is really everybody here, actually. Uh, so I don't know how far you are. But uh, the year will resume after two and a half months, Shabbos afternoon, in the shul, between the two minchas. Mincha will be at 6 and 7.30. The year will be at 6.30. And we have about 79 years worth of things to uh, finish up from yet before perm. So, uh, let alone everything that's happened afterwards. So, you think we weren't giving share in between, but not everything was covered yet. So, you are invited to please let your friends in the neighborhood know. And we hope to start that up. We'll have room in the shul. We will have room for people outside the shul. We'll be opening the doors and the windows. And we will have room in the Ezra's Nashim if people are more comfortable over there. So uh, please uh, let everyone know, and we hope to see you there if you're around. And otherwise, we will try to chazer over some of it when we can record. Okay, so we did get... Yaakov, I forgot to mention your interesting comment. There are many rayas that... We always have Siat Shmai during the Shirm. <laughs> this one was a little uh, odd, to say the least. Um, but if you pick a number between 1 and 100, you have a 1% chance of hitting a particular number in higher mathematics. Between 1 and 99. I don't know too much about uh, baseball numbers, but I assume they weren't in triple digits. Is that correct? Uh, so it's between 1 and 99. So you have 1 and 99 chance. So, just to chazer over, we were discussing the Baltashchis. We weren't discussing it yet. We were giving the highlights of what we will discuss in the sugya. And one of them is the fact that Baltashchis, for good reason, is mutter. It's not called Baltashchis. And one of the more blatant examples is they used to burn very valuable items of the king that died, clothing and the like, because another king can't use it anyway. And it's covered to the king. We're retiring all the objects, so to speak. So I mentioned Lahavdal Alf Abdul is not that we need a mushal to understand, but once you hear the mushal, you never forget the din. And the mushal I gave Lahavdal Alf Abdul and a few more million is uh, when a baseball player retires or any player, they retire his number if he's great enough. So I said off the top of my head, number 42. Of course, uh, not my Navua, although Yaakov mentioned, Yaakov started smiling, and then he mentioned me after the shear. And then, of course, you're not going to believe this, but I got an email from Zev Roth. Uh, 
<laughs> who knows you, who said, um, it seems you may have a bit of a fool when it comes to picking retired baseball players' numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just thought that was funny because I knew you knew him. Uh, so he said 42 is the uh, number of uh, Jackie Robinson. That's very deep on many levels, uh, but we um, won't go into that now. But a uh, very famous uh, player who... Um, did a lot to break stereotypes and and the like, and uh, his number forty-two. Uh, Zev says the most retired number in sports history. That almost sounds like I didn't know you could be the most retired number. It sounds like almost like a Trump statement, but I'm sure he meant it. Uh, one team, yeah, one so team. apparently it's not just one team. It's just I thought when you retire a number, you retire a number, but apparently it's just the team. That's exactly what he says. So by order of the commissioner of baseball, the 42 has been retired by every single team, and nobody in baseball could ever wear his number any longer. So there you have it. So I had no clue, never heard the number 42, and then Avi told me after Sheer that in computers, you said not just in computers? He said, Stam, it's an old uh, joke whenever you ask somebody, you know, what's the number going to be when we solve all the world's problems? And everybody says 42. I never heard that either, but I guess 42 is, uh, so nothing's a coincidence. And uh, that'll help you remember the din of the burning of the assets, uh, the personal possessions, actually, not the assets of the king. And why it's not Baltashkis is, according to this explanation, obvious, it's his covet, it's not going to be used anyway. I'm sure we'll get back to it and see the extent of it. Just thought that was funny that uh, you had mentioned it and then he sent me the email elaborating on the same point. Okay. So that is the Milsa Bidichusa opening up the shear. Now we can begin. Let's go back to your copies. Uh, Tzaddik, if you can uh, remind the Elam which one. It's the brand new one. We're going to start again on page one. I read one post again quickly. To the Yetzir and Edda from last night, and we will begin. This is the source from Chumash of Batashchis Deraisa. This is the classic example. So, first we're going to see the Psukim, what Rashi Ramban say on the Psukim, and then go to the Ramam to see what we learn out from here for other forms of Batashchis. So, the rules and regulations of fighting a war, as I mentioned last night, and the Ramban will say this beferish soon. Even though normally you try to raise everything to the ground to scare the enemy and to make it a level uh, field and to take away their ability to have apples and cherries and the like. Over here, the terrorist said, do not cut down the cherry tree. Uh, why not? We'll see as my colleagues are showing him in terms of if you're trying to take away supply from the enemy, don't you want to cut it down? Otherwise, they're going to keep eating and they keep fighting. So we'll get to that in a moment. But even though it's normal operating procedure for armies to do it, Hashem reminds us that he's fighting the battles, and if he restricts us in certain ways that are not considered conventional for warfare, don't worry about it, we're going to win anyway. Uh, the other example I gave was the fact that you surround the city and put a stranglehold. You can only do it on three sides, which is not much of a stranglehold. And therefore, they're going to break out and leave and run and maybe even bring in supplies, but don't worry about it, you're going to win the war anyway. So let's see the Pusik here, come in. Uh, so let's see the Pusik, your test, key saucer, yeah. Regarding the Shoftim that they surrounded Luz, and it seemed like they weren't, they weren't going to be able to leave. One guy snuck out, they moved the key, that doesn't sound like a... Well, Luz had a much bigger problem. We, we saw they couldn't find the city. They couldn't find the entrance. That wasn't surrounding. They were staking out 
the area, they knew there was a city here somewhere, and they heard and they couldn't find it. Luz had prepared so well, because they knew the Yidden were coming 40 years, that the city was camouflaged and the door, the gate was camouflaged. They couldn't find They said, there's got to be a way to get in, because people do leave eventually and to get supplies. And then they waited and waited, and uh, this fellow came by, and he, uh, they didn't know where the city was. They couldn't have surrounded it. They couldn't find it. That was the problem. Uh, the, usually cities, big wall cities are big walls. Yericha had no problem finding. <laughs> that they didn't surround either. They just encircled it and blew the shafer and the walls came down. But normal warfare is you surround the city so that the inhabitants either surrender or be forced to fight or they can't handle it anymore and they just uh, die of starvation if they can't, uh, which for them might be better to surrender, might not. And that was the Machlekes in many civilizations, depending who you're up against. And by the Yidden Nebuch in Yushalayim, there was a Machlekes, but it wasn't really a Machlekes. I don't want to elevate it to the level of Machlekes. Machlekes sounds like they're two bald paluktas who are entitled to fight with each other. Machlekes Tanaim is Machlekes. Machlekes Amoram is Machlekes. It was Machlekes in Yushalayim between the Beryanim, who were not from, and weren't following Dastar and weren't interested, and they all of a sudden found some this new sense of nationalism too little, too late, and it wasn't based on the right thing. There's nothing wrong with nationalism if it's based on pride and uh, Yiddishkeit and terror mitzvahs, but it wasn't based on that. And they were fighting and killing each other, and then at the very end, the band are together, they're not going to lose, but they're still going to come from. And Riyach HaMazake was saying the whole time, why don't you surrender? This is a waste of human life and a waste of time, and it's Nigzim and Hashemayim, you can't... So the answer isn't always surrender, but if Rabbi HaMazake tells you it is, then that's the answer. And even Quentin Montgomery Rabbi Kiva, that uh, that Be'etzem wasn't necessarily the answer. So Rabbi Kiva is saying that he made the right answer because Hashem put that answer in his head, even though had he had the ability when he got out to ask, maybe they would have given him Yushalayim. The other Montgomery says Yushalayim was a shell and they didn't do tshuva. Without tshuva, Yushalayim will be in the same mess it would, found itself in three months later. So what good is it? So either way, he said surrender, and they didn't listen to him, and they had to smuggle him out in a coffin, because otherwise he couldn't get out. So that is in other wars and other eras and civilizations, they have to make a decision whether or not they're going to surrender. Is it worse to be under the new guy or the old guy? And That's a call. Here, we're talking about Muhammad's mitzvah. Klai Yisrael is on the outside fighting, and they're supposed to be conquering, and we don't conquer people we're not supposed to conquer, and we're not supposed to be fighting, and we're not interested in fighting anymore, we don't have to fight. So, for fighting the war already, you would think you do it the way most people fight wars. Hashem said, not exactly. That's the theme over here. So again, Ki yam garzen. That's the axe. You will eat from it. You can eat from it during the siege. You, you will eat from it, from it after you conquer the city, in which case, why cut it down? It takes a long time to grow these things. So here we have a lav here. So notice how lav Continue the next page. Which we'll explain in a moment. Rock this is unusual for a lav. We have an isa to cut down a fruit-bearing tree. And now the Pusik says, only a tree that you know for sure is not a fruit-bearing tree. Now, the reason I'm mentioning that, the Achranim have a, I'd say field day with this, but when it comes to tree, that's a bad pun. But this is um, the whole Shev Shemite says about 
All the rayas can be slugged up because you don't know often, you can't figure out whether the Pusik saying something as the rule of the exception. But this is one of them. Why does it say, You have to know for sure it's not, and sometimes by trees it's hard. As I mentioned last night, people asked after this last storm, they have a thing, it's 90% dead, 80% dead, they're not sure, can they cut it? Pusik says, you better make sure there's nothing growing there. Usually it's not talking about trees 90% dead, it's talking about a tree where you can't tell off-season if you're not a botanist or you're not familiar with it, whether it grows fruit trees. So here you're in a war. The Pusik says, and it's the right to cut down a fruit-bearing tree if you don't have to, and you have to make sure it's not a fruit-bearing tree, which sounds like the general kalal is Suffolk Deresa, maybe Lakula Deresa, and here the Pusik says, here you have to know for sure. And others say, other teruts and why that's not to be learned out from here. So we're going to get back to that. I'm just raising the shaylus as we see the Pusik. So, that you can cut down. That you can use for wood, for the siege, and for the ramps, and whatever else you need. And then continue the war and get it done. Now, is a very interesting limud. The Gemara learns out that you could fight a Muhammad on Shabbos. Now, if it's a Kanslafashis in the middle of a battle, of course you could fight. The Kiddush is that you shouldn't start within three days. That's what Rashi brings down. That's usually a Dindar Abanon, but okay, put that aside for now. But you start earlier in the week if you can, if you have the ability to. And then even a Muhammad's Rashus go and, or Muhammad's if you have the choice, start earlier. But once you started, just keep going. It's obvious, talking about a case where you could have pitched your tent and not kept going and taken in Shabbos and sing Kabbalah Shabbos and go eat chont. And it's saying that you, I feel the Shabbos, you can and probably should continue fighting. Why is that? Because you move a war, it's almost like the and Hutra, it's Hutra, just get it done. Even though it's not direct, it's like So contrast that, the Drosha, Adritatar, just keep going with the fact that the Terry just said, yeah, just make sure you have a clear sock and decision-making process before you cut down a food-pairing tree. It doesn't fit. It's very interesting. We're allowed to be Mechal Shabbos, even though it's clearly not necessary because you wouldn't need a Pusik for it. And here we have to take time to go over there instead of over here. And we could have saved 20 minutes to make a decision. Don't, don't take that tree down. Take this one. Get that one. Bring it over here. Gives you a chashivas of baltashchis and cutting of the trees. Because <laughs> the Shabbos, it's a bit of a pellet, but that's the way it comes out. Take a look at Rashi. What's Pshat ki Adam Eitzasodes? The Torah already asked it in the last pasuk, and it says ki Menas Seichav Eitzel Eitzichrois ki Adam Eitzasodes. As I mentioned, this sugi in particular has a lot of Kabbalah in it, and a dimmion between people and trees. Whatever you can glean, whatever we're going to glean from this sugi and the chashivas of trees. Do not confuse this with um, liberal, left-wing, hugger-tree-type people. Um, the reason I say that is because they could have issues they're correct about. The question is, to what extreme do you take it? So I'm just mentioning that. shouldn't have to mention it, but we're going to talk a lot about trees and nature, and it's all true. And so we happen to agree on certain things that, yes, the trees do give to the atmosphere, and we happen to be very into the environment, and these are all psukim. We have zoning laws in the... We have laws about uh, cities with 1,000 numbers, 2,000. That stuff wasn't invented yesterday. Question is, should you put explosive uh, devices 
in sequoia trees or any other tree, when the lumberjack comes and Rahman Islam gets blown up. So you, those of you who never heard such a thing are wondering, that's ridiculous, of course you don't. That can, somebody can get hurt or killed. Answer is yes, it's quite pushit and ridiculously insane that you have to bring it up. But if you're aware of um, modern history, it's been done. Ah, why would you kill a human to save a tree? Trying to make a point. Okay, so that's where we stop. As my, we stop long before that. We don't even uh, scream at people. We'll give Malchus because of food, <laughs> food bearing tree because he didn't his derisa. But that's not a personal attack. That's if Adam see it, they'll bring him to base and we give him Malchus. But that's for his own Hashem for Allah. So that's a that's a big chilik that we have to keep in mind. We there you can. Take any nice concept and practice it and believe in it. And even if you're not a uh, yid and it's not part of your Zion mitzvahs, you can say trees are good and we should protect trees to it. That, the environment all good. Even whales. There's nothing against whales. It's the question of making it into a different religion and then having other people get hurt because of it. And that's an important hashkafa to know. I'm mentioning it now at the beginning of the Sugev is we're going to say a lot of very beautiful things about trees. And we're going to really protect them, and it's going to be gavaldic get the whole sugi out of it. So you shouldn't think that uh, you walked into the wrong room or something like that. These are all from, um, obviously, Gemaras, based on psukim and drushas, and it's a dindaraisa. And Adam Eitzah does mean many different things on many different levels of the fact that it's a living organism. For the Parship shot, we'll get into the Kabbalah later when it talks about the danger of the Avera, besides the Avera itself, every Avera is dangerous. When the Gemara has cases where people cut down trees and they, uh, Rahman Zlan didn't live afterwards, uh, normally for a love to raise, so like Shatner's or any of the love, that's not the consequence. So, ultimate sasada can mean many different things, but Rashi here is giving us, as he always says he does, Pshuto Shomikra. So, what is the Pashup Shat? Rashi says, take a look on page two, Adam Eitzasada. Hare ki, na ki, in Chumash always means different things. Reki, Meshamech, Balash, and Dilma. Shema ha'adam, Dilma, is it true that? Shema ha'adam, Eitz ha'sadali, kanz v'sach ha'matza mipanecha. Marshi says the Pasuk is saying, like giving extra musr, it's a lavda raisa, and what are you attacking the poor tree? What is he, a person that you're assaulting him? You're trying to assault the city, not the tree. Now you know why I gave the disclaimer I gave before. We started reading the Rashi. Rashi doesn't need the disclaimer. Our crazy world does. So Rashi is saying that the Pasuk means, Shema Adam You're fighting a battle against the enemy in the city. And you're trying to take down the city and take over the city. And the people are going to be hungry in the city if they don't surrender. That's their decision. What are you hurting the poor tree for? That's what Rashi says is... It's Lashem Are you confusing a tree with a person? The person you're trying to fight against, you're in the middle of a war. Why is the innocent tree have to be collateral damage for? So I figured somebody would ask that, so you were right on cue. So, especially after I just said that it's a living organism, so a um, non food bearing tree is a living organism. And it's not just, and, and we do have probably in weeks from now, we'll get to the barren trees. There's a lot to figure out with the fruit-bearing trees and everything else. Is there an insert to cut down a barren tree? Maker Adin, no. Lamaisa, the question we're going to have to deal with is, why not? Trees, 
if you know the science of it, trees have leaves and they're giving off all sorts of things. The atmosphere and we're breathing and they're breathing and you know, it's part of the balance of things. It's a nice thing to have around. So why wouldn't it be also to cut it down? And it's not. Or at least you don't have to have a very good reason for cutting it down. Let's put it that way. Just um, in a wanton fashion, just go and destroy things you don't want to do. That much it is a living organism. But apparently, we're not just talking about living organisms. We're t- talking about the fact that it's contributing in a very direct way because somebody can really be getting nutrients and enjoying that apple, as opposed to, this is my educated guess, there are a lot of trees being cut down for paper. To a higher level, the tree became a Marmokum. That's a big, tremendous upgrade. They don't all become Marmokamis. Some become phone books, which is, I guess, pyre, because some of them can become the New York Times if they're still printing it. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> so you look on your aspen tissue boxes. The aspen plant actually burnt down about a year or two ago, but they were building it, so there is hope. Uh, so aspen is found almost in every shul. It's very popular in this house. And uh, it's not advertised, paid advertisement, although I should call them and uh, maybe show it on the screen. So they're rebuilding, but their big claim is, um, what they, what's their expression? Tissues from uh, paper, from paper, paper, not from trees or something like that. They recycle. They have a lot of recycled, yeah, they have a lot of recycled comments. What? Well, that's probably where they got the nice colorful box from, the picture of this Swiss Alps or something like that. So, uh, Lamaisa. Is it a good idea to recycle? Yes. Is it a good idea not to cut down more trees than you have to? Yes, because when they cut down trees and papers, they're cutting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of them. Could that affect the worldwide balance of what's going on? It's probably not great. And there are studies done, a lot written on this. I didn't particularly uh, uh, study what the stats were, but, you know, Hashem made trees for a reason. The individual is going to cut down trees if... He's going to cut down hundreds or thousands or even two or three. He's probably in the business of doing something. Like he's a lumberjack and he has uh, and he's floating logs down the river. And that was a very popular business in Europe, by the way. I know somebody who learned about the Chavos Chaim, Chavusa, my father, my mind. As a matter of fact, I have the Savior, as well, Tuvia Wine, who wrote the, the uh, Targum to the Targum. Uh, and he, he was a Safer on, it's called Yanatev on the Targumim. So I still remember my father learned with him in Chavos for, I don't know, 30 years. He was, he was then in his 90s, and uh, goes back 20 years ago. And he said that uh, it was a very common thing, down to the subject, that they had a lot of different panosas in Eastern Europe that we don't see as much today, but Eastern Europe didn't have their doctors and lawyers and that because, by, by and large, they weren't going to university for various reasons. And... He said that his family, I think, was in the lumber business, and he said it was a good business. They used to have hire loggers, and they used to have a whole system floating it, tying it, and floating it downstream. And interesting, we don't that people do it today, but they're probably very big companies. So if you're doing it for panasa, that's not going to be baltashkes. If somebody would be making the claim, and I'm sure somebody is making the claim, I just never read up on it. So if you have any good uh, articles that are real. Good and real. I have to make those conditions without an agenda uh, that can prove that if we would really recycle a lot more and a lot less paper recycling. When I grew up, I was very altruistic, and recycling just started then. And 
I thought it was Mamish Gavaldig, Mamish saving the world. I've heard since then, maybe it's Lashon Har, maybe it's Mesi Shemra. I didn't even bother some of the Metacombo ones. I didn't bother looking into it, but I'm sure there, there's a lot written on it, on paper, that uh, it's a little bit political and it's not so pushed. And it's, uh, yeah, that was a little disheartening when I found that out as I grew up. But uh, maybe there are my lists. So collectively, Suddenly, by the Goyim, it's a big thing to explore the world and not deplete the resources. And all these are, are correct concepts. question is how extreme you are and how real it is and at what cost to the economy. And if somebody gets hurt because something detonates in a tree, it's cutting it down, that's real with Tzicha and Chavolo. That's obvious, painfully obvious. And even if no one's getting hurt physically, but you're doing something that's ruining Parnassah for people, and it's not really necessary for the Earth's uh, survival, not just surviving, but healthy survival, then you have a lot of explaining to do. And I think we touched upon this in a year here at Night Seder, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, this I do know about because I used to be involved in, uh, in the Heksher there of uh, Monsanto, which is an industrial, one of the biggest companies in America. And they created a lot of the seeds to feed the world's population of wheat like that, which are GMOs. So, GMO used to be a good word. Now you ask me about GMOs. They don't know what GMO is, but just make sure we're not GMO. They don't know exactly what it is, but just as long as it's non-GMO. That's a campaign by some people who might be right. I'm not judging the signs now. It might be right. It might be politically uh, motivated. They, they're feeding millions of people with this. They, they came up with a way to replicate the seeds and make them hardier and, and less... Uh, uh, less on the siege from the various critters and bugs and different <laughs> things of nature. They get it. They made money also. I'm not saying they're a bunch of tzaddikim, but that's a great example where if you shift it and they're succeeding in the last 10, 15 years, this thrust on GMO, you can, besides cost, costing billions of dollars for companies who invested a lot in this, if it's really evil, okay, so we don't feel that bad, but if it's debatable, then you're also causing a shortage of food where they could be making it cheaper and costing the investors a lot of money. And if it's for a political agenda that's not really science that's proved that, proven, that can be a very, very uh, bad thing. So there's a lot of that going around. And so you're back to your original question, which I, I'm not going to answer fully now, but is it us at the cut down and not a food-bearing tree? If you have absolutely no reason to do it and doing something for the world... And you're taking away something in the world, then it would be Baltashris. The question is, is an individual doing this one, two, five trees, if he's not doing it by the millions, it's not going to make a difference at all at Kihuze. And how do you measure that? So why would somebody cut down a tree? So I remember, I once went, I must have been 10, 11 years old. One of those things that for an 11-year-old, my, my muscles probably still ache from it. He uh, was a Muncie. And he had a tree in his backyard, and as an activity, Sunday afternoon, he said, you want to cut down a tree? It was not a fruit-bearing tree. And it could be he was clearing his backyard. I don't know what he was, uh, there were a bunch of kids there, and I remember holding an axe. You know, it's not so easy. <laughs> Wield an axe. It's heavy, maybe for a 10-year-old. And you got to, like, knock into it. So I remember as, uh, as I was doing it for about five minutes, I said, do you have anything electric that does this? <laughs> So he said, no, that's the whole, you know, that's the whole workout. Why would you want something electric? But they used to do it the, the hard way. And can you do that as an activity to learn how to do it? Well, I wasn't going to make a panos out of it. Can you do it for exercise? Can you do it? 
I don't know. It doesn't sound like great for your meat this time to do it for exercise, taking an axe and swinging it into so it sounds a little dangerous. So you'd have to prove, like, is it totally nonsensical? And then you're destroying something that is living and breathing. So it's probably not Gavaldic, but it wouldn't be this is a Teresa. And it's a little hard to prove the earth is now missing something, that you destroyed something that was going to be used. Because they weren't cutting this down. It was a backyard Muncie. They weren't cutting it down for paper. Not now, not ever. And if they were going to build a bigger house, they were going to clear it anyway. And we're getting a little less uh, oxygen to go around the system, the, the CO2. Does that make a difference that anybody can measure? If the answer to all those things is no, then it's hard to argue the guy was ever in Baltasha. That's, that's the short answer to your question, even though it was a living organism. To stomp, pluck grass, and some people have a habit. They go by every time they go by a thing. They pluck a th- leave. What for? <laughs> that's a, it's a living organism. Why would you want to destroy that? So that would apply, but that doesn't necessarily make it Isra Malkus or Baltashkis. That's the, that's the difference. Well, the Pusik's only talking about a food pantry. Pusik clearly is not including for this lot of the rights which carries with the Malkus, like Shatnas and Chazer. It clear the Pusik says, if you know for sure it's not a food pantry, it's fine. But the Pusik's context is it's fine to take because you need wood for supper or to build a ramp. You're asking, what if I want to cut down a tree because it's a fun exercise? I would assume there's no good reason to do it, but it's still not this Issa de Reisa. Unless you make an argument that it's real Baltashkis and this could have been used for something positive and you're wasting it. Which, by a lone tree in the backyard, uh, might not be so easy to prove. Rashi's lotion over here is Shema, Ki, Dilma. Why are you assaulting this tree? Are they one of your enemy combatants? That's how Rashi's playing the Pusik. But that still only applies to what the Pusik says it applies, which is a fruit bearing tree. Take a look at page three for a moment. We have another two minutes. Started a few minutes late. The Ramban. Here says something very, very interesting, and part of this is going to be a machlekes. Take a look at the Ramban on page three. Uh, starts with the word Aval. Aval Aldas Rabbi Zal Zau Mutter Lichros Eitz Machal Livnus Matzar. He says the Gemara Baba Kama does say that was part of our Sugi and Aleph that you can use it to make whatever you need for this siege. Says the Torah is only answering that if you have an oak tree or a cedar or whatever, pick your barren tree, and it's there, relative ease, you should choose that first. But it's not an absolute isser. If you need this wood, you can cut it down. Which, if that's the pshat, the Ramban says, im kain pirisha parshal adaitem shesira teir los ashkes es eitzah lichza sam der hashchasa. The issue here is baltashkes. Now we also have losichros. Don't cut and baltashkes. We have yet to discuss at all whether these are two lavim or one lavim, what the difference would be. But he says he thinks the parameter of it is der hashchasa. You're doing it for no good reason. If you have a a pine tree, then that has pine tree. Which tree has acorns? Because that's the only fruit for squirrels, by the way. That wouldn't be considered a fruit. Fruit bearing tree has to be edible. People often ask me a month about crab apples. Crab apples are edible, whether you don't like them or do like them. Acorns are edible. You can can roast them. You can make a what? Flower. A flower? 
Yeah, they make, you can make like acorn bread. Acorn flour? Like yeah. make it into like an acorn bread? Never saw that in the market. Anybody here on the sure screen ever had acorn muffins? muffins? What? With all the diets and stuff, I'm sure it's getting worse. Acorn muffins. Okay, so anybody here has acorn muffins at home? I'd be curious too. Okay, if it's edible, you have to see if it's used by anybody as a, as a fruit. It's, some of these things are not easy to figure out because you have all sorts of funny things growing. They're very nice looking. But often I'm trying to figure out, is the deer likes it, the deer likes anything. Is the humans like it, who eats this stuff? You got um, poison ivy as fruit? Has berries, which, birds, which are poisonous? Birds eat. People can't eat it, but birds eat it. Oh, okay. So it's human food here. Right, I'm saying so. That's a good example. Yeah, but, but you told me the acorns, though, acorns could make animals. muffins. Okay, so I'm, I'm waiting for an acorn muffin, but don't make a mazanus on it. Is this going to be a shock if they put it into flour? But um, the point is that the Ramban is suggesting that it's clear that the answer is Ashkosa if you have another option. How far do you have to go for that option? And you're in the middle of a battle, you have a 20-minute walk, a 30-minute walk. That's going to be part of the discussion generally. So, yeah, how far do you have to go out of your way? It depends on what you need and the value of what you're cutting down, obviously. Vatam, and he explains, Law and sometimes they have to do this, and then it's mutter if they're not conquering the city, and the inhabitants of the city are living off of apples, and the siege is not going very well because of that. They're attacking Moyev, and the Novi tells them, come out against the Ferish Apostle, which the Novi can't do unless it's a Roshah. This was, but the Ramban's saying, you have to come on to a Roshah that's connected to Din. He's explaining to them that this war against Moyev, I'm telling you, you're going to have to. Cut down the trees right away because they're a very tough enemy and you will need to do this. So it's not a hurrah shah as in he's changing the din temporarily. He's applying that the Pasuk is talking about where in many words you're guaranteed to win anyway. Here I'm telling you, Derek Navua, you're not going to and you better do the war like the Umasalem do the war. And he quotes this Pasuk. Stop the water, cut down the trees, the fruit-bearing trees. In normal wars, this Pasuk says, you don't have to do it because Hashem is telling you he's going to fight for you. Hashem's fighting for you in every war, even this war quoted in the Pasuk over here, but the guarantee is usually on a higher level unless the Navi tells you otherwise. And therefore you don't have to resort to this. Ramban's teaching Adam Eitz Asadeh is the Adam will live off of the Eitz Asadeh. And therefore, Adam Eitz Asadeh, you have so much benefit from this tree. Don't cut it down because after you conquer the city, you're going to want that tree. That's how he's teaching the Pesach here. So we will go over that last point in Mitzvah Shem Monday night in Shul or on Zoom, wherever you are. And we look forward to seeing everybody. Hatzlach Harab, have a good Shabbos. Call